Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644. If you'd like to get involved, we mentioned earlier in the week uh, that we were scheduled to have Bob Wischusen on the show today. Unfortunately, he's going to be stuck in production meetings during the show, uh, so no Bob with shoes in, but we do have two guests lined up for you. Stephen Bailey uh, will check in with us uh, from down in Miami at 12.30 as we get you set for the Orange and the Hurricanes. The line, again, up to about 17 points right now, and, and that leads us to our, our second guest today, uh, Kevin Todd, our Vegas insider, will join us as he does every Friday at 1.15. It, it's my most stressful day of the week, Seth, because have it's Friday. Have you made your picks yet? I have and if you remember, last week I did them during the show, during commercials. I was, you know, trying to and find you a little did nuggets. research. I did research, and I did well. You stood in my way of a perfect week. I was two and zero on my picks. I let you pick Why the Giants. Why did you listen to me? Because you, you were. I, I allowed you. I was doing so poorly. I allowed you to have one of my picks, um, but I'm not going to do that this week because you were very wrong with the Giants. I was two and zero on my picks. Uh, and I'm I'm turning it around. So I'm going to stick with what worked a week ago. I'm going to try to do my picks uh, during commercials today. So no, I have not prepared. But it, it's it's my most stressful day of the week. It, it, this it, you know these picks they stress me out. But last week uh, it went uh, it went rather well. We do know one half of the World Series uh, matchup: Dodgers uh, doing their thing last night. Taking care of the Cubs, it was never close. 11-1, just an unbelievable game uh, out of the Dodgers. Kershaw was fantastic on the mound. Uh, Kike Rodriguez with uh, seven RBIs, three home runs, had a grand slam that opened this thing up uh, in the third inning. It's incredible. I I mean, he's just uh, like a, he's just a, he's like, for, for Yankee fans, he's Ronald Torres. Like, that's, that's what he is. And, and he hit three home runs last night. Um, it's insane. Right, I mean that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and oh, by the way, there have now been two, uh, three home run games in the postseason. There, there's Kike Hernandez last night, and there's Jose Altuve. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I could have thought of uh, two more improbable people to hit three home runs in a game, other than maybe Ronald Torres or, or somebody like that. Yeah, Kike Hernandez, uh, seven RBIs, three home runs. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, fantastic on the mound, did allow a run, but uh, pitched six strong innings. He's going to be the starting pitcher in game one for the Dodgers. So theoretically, whoever the Dodgers face, uh, they're going to be stuck with Kershaw at least twice. If that series goes seven, you could very well see him again at the back end as well and, and have to face him uh, three times. But he was dominant last night. And, and and we were talking before the show, Seth. This actually came up in the office uh, last night. Uh, I was talking with Jim Teske, our uh, chief meteorologist over at Channel 9, and he said, you know, if the, if the Yankees win and, and they advance – um, they're going to have to face a third straight 100-win team. And we were discussing whether or not that's ever happened before. I don't believe it's ever happened. Uh, as we were discussing before the show, uh, Padres in 98, Yankees in 2001. Right. Both um, beat 200-win teams to get to, get to, to the, the World, World Series. Series. But then didn't win at all. Uh, so... What we've been able to surmise to this point, it has not happened. I did get our producer Max uh, on it, so 
he is working today, which is good. Um, so Max is going to check it out and uh, and see if uh, if he could track that down. But to my knowledge, it's never happened before. And the Yankees still take care of business. They've got to go back to Houston. They've got Justin Verlander tonight. Uh, if they don't beat Verlander, then uh, it all comes down to a Game 7 tomorrow night with CC on the mound for the Yanks. Um, but I think you have to be feeling pretty good if you're a Yankee fan. Uh, but uh, I think there's so. still still work to be done. Obviously, I am feeling pretty good. Um, and you know, maybe it's just the I'm a Yankee fan, and and they've won three straight, and I'm gonna puff my chest out, and I'm gonna feel good about this. Uh, and that's possible. But you know, I, the the Yankees are playing very well right now. And I I actually saw a stat. I thought this was really interesting as I I try and pull this up. Uh, but when Justin Verlander has thrown more than 120 pitches, right? In since 2014, uh, this was only the fifth time that he threw more than 120 pitches. One of those five outings was the last one of the season. So he has three starts since 2014, uh, following starts with 120 pitches, which is what today is. In those three starts, he is 0 and 3 with a 6.75 ERA. Wow. Uh, a seven seven walks, twelve strikeouts, and six home runs allowed, um, and and his hundred twenty four pitches that he threw the other day uh, are the most that he's thrown in a game since twenty thirteen. Uh, so I'm not saying that that means a Yankee win, but it certainly means that the uh, recent history of Justin Verlander is in his is in the Yankee favor. And we just saw when. The Yankees went up against Corey Kluber twice. Yeah, they got to him really both times, but even the second time, they they hit Kluber pretty hard. When they went up against Dallas Keuchel for the second time, they, they couldn't touch him the first time around. Second time, they, they obviously made an adjustment. They obviously made an adjustment and 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 did very well against uh, Keuchel. Same with Trevor in, in Bauer. Second, right? Trevor Bauer, another good example. So now you're getting another crack at Justin Verlander in the span of a week. And, and yeah, he was dominant uh, in Game Two in Houston. Uh, but now you, you know you've had a chance to to see him once, and uh, and hopefully for the Yankees, you make your adjustments tonight. Uh, we saw some NBA action last night, uh, Seth, as we kind of set the table here. We'll get back to the NBA later on. Did you watch Nick's Thunder? I feel like you kind of had No, I didn't. You didn't watch Nick's I Thunder? I didn't last night. No? I was kind of locked in. The Thursday night game was really good. You were riveted by, uh, by was, Raiders Chiefs. It yes. was really good. It was a good game. It was a good game. And again, when I'm at work, I have the, the luxury of having many TVs. I have TVs one TV one, okay. in my apartment. So, so. you're forgiven. Um, but the Thunder looked uh, looked very good last night. Russell Westbrook, another triple-double. He does that on a nightly basis. Uh, Carmelo Anthony had the first bucket of the game, cooled off a little bit in the first half, but did finish with 22 points. That team's fun to watch. Uh, they, they were able to pull away in the second half uh, and easily uh, down the Knicks uh, in that one. I, I like the look of this, this Thunder team, uh, Seth, and I, I know we've... Uh, you know, we we discussed it when they made the trade for Mello and and Houston opted to pass. Um, I, I do think you know, and it's obviously only one game in. We've seen the Rockets play a couple of times now. A long way to go, um, but I I do think Oklahoma City is going to you know contend with the Rockets certainly to be the second best team in the Western Conference. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting for sure to see you know how it plays over the long run. I mean, I mean, I don't expect Russell Westbrook to go get triple doubles every game this year. Um, I, I just don't, you know, there, there's so much more around him that he doesn't have to do everything. And, and I think that it might be beneficial to him, uh, to the team, I should say, not to do that. You know, he might not be as worn down at the end of the year in a playoff series. Um, I, I'm still curious to see how over the long haul it works with Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Uh, I still feel like they play the same position at this point, even though like 
Melo should be playing the four by now, and we all know that, and like they're trying to do that. Um, I, I'm still curious to see how it works itself out for one night. It seems to have worked. Uh, you know, it, it seemed to have worked and, and kept everybody happy. Uh, I, I, I want to see how it works over a month, two months, a year. Um, and again, I said this about the Rockets. This is not permanent necessarily, right? I mean, this is, um, this is only guaranteed for one year. And I know that I said it with the Rockets, but do you trade away uh, Chris Paul if it's you know not working in February? Do you trade away if you're the Thunder? Uh, 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 Carmelo Anthony, a uh, Paul George, if it's not working, and try and get something back before they leave. And, and I, I know that when we talked about this over the summer, you said, oh, what about the Heat? They were bad when it started. That was a multi-year thing, right? Like, that was a marriage. They were they were in it for four years. They were in it, you know, they, from, from probably more, they thought at that point, than four years. Um, but they knew they had long-term stability. Like, these guys don't. And Melo could be a free agent. Paul George could be a free agent. With Houston, Chris Paul could be a free agent. Um... So yeah, last night it worked, uh, and they were playing the Knicks for what it's worth. Um, but you know, let, let's see how this thing works over the long haul. Yeah, I firmly believe though, if you're the Thunder, you want to keep this thing together and and give it a run because you don't want to lose Paul George in the off season. No, you want I to agree. entice him to stay, so you want to show them this is what it can be. They may go through some growing pains early on, but I think if you give them an entire season, when all said and done, I do think they're going to end up being the second best team uh, in the Western Conference. How long is this going to last, though, with Chris Paul, with uh, Carmelo Anthony and Paul George both taking over 20 shots and Westbrook just kind of chilling and getting his 12 shots a game? You know, like I, I don't like. How long is that going to work? Where Westbrook's just like, okay, I'm cool with this. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he I mean, went he had from a triple being, double last night. Sure, he had sixteen and, assists. And he I went mean, from being the alpha dog and the MVP to now he's still sti- being the leader he's in the still alpha the, dog. Yeah, he's still the leader like, on that team. He, he's kind of changed up his role a little bit. Well, and it was one game, and the game got lopsided in the second half. And you know, we didn't see you know Paul George, Carmelo, and and Russell Westbrook play an entire game either. I mean, I think that's that's part of this conversation as well. I mean, Russ still went for twenty one, sixteen, and ten 40 minutes. So that's pretty close. Uh, yeah, thirty nine minutes. What did what did Melo finish with? Thirty four. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a night. Yeah, he played 12 minutes in the second half, so he yeah. played half of the second half. So I guess that was my point: is that you know George got a little more run in the first half than Melo did. I, I mean, um, I think that the I think the most interesting thing, if you're the Thunder, and and the thing that changes that team the most is that uh, last year you didn't have anybody, right? When when Russell Westbrook came off the floor, uh, this year you do, right? This year you have somebody, you have lit, literally anybody else to put on the floor. You have Carmelo Anthony, you have Paul George, you have Russell Westbrook. Uh, there will not be a meaningful minute of basketball without one of the three of them on the floor, and that's the important thing to note if you are the Thunder, right? If you are Billy Donovan, like that's the important thing to to keep in the back of your mind. Like one of these three guys has to be on the floor all the time. The other uh, headlining game, I guess, last night in the NBA was uh, was Lakers Clippers. It was the much anticipated uh, regular season debut for Lonzo Ball. And uh, and let's just say it did not go so well I watched, uh, for the rookie. I watched the first like five minutes of that game. The the Lakers like they're they're going to be entertaining, but they were a train wreck. I mean, they were just bad last night. Like especially did you expect right off anything the top. different? No, no. I I thought they would be a little better than they were, but they they were just awful. I mean, they it took it took like three minutes of game time for them to make a basket. 
missing layups. Like, it, it was just ugly. And again, I think that was to be expected out of the Lakers. Nobody expects them uh, to be good, but all eyes were on on Lonzo, and a, a big part of that is because of LeVar and his big mouth. His, his father's been running his mouth and you know has, has made all these predictions. Uh, Lonzo went out uh, a very uh, unimpressive three points on one for six shooting, uh, had nine rebounds, four assists, had a couple of turnovers, and, and Patrick Beverly, uh, let's face it, Seth, went out and ate his lunch. Yes. He just got right up on him, was very physical with him. First play that he guarded him, he just... He went for the steal, but it was almost like he didn't even want to steal it. He just kind of ran through Lonzo and and almost knocked him over. It's kind of sending a message, um, and you know that's. I think that is is what Lonzo is going to see much of this year, not because of him, but because of his dad. He's he's yes. his dad has made him a target, and Patrick Beverly came into that game very much motivated to go out and uh, and and do what he did. He got in Lonzo's head. He he was very physical with him, and he took Lonzo out of his game. Oh, absolutely. You, you could tell that. And, and uh, you know, you see things, I, I saw things online where it was just kind of, uh, you know, you just, you, you see Patrick Beverly just yelling at him, you know, for, for, and that's what Patrick Beverly does, by the way. Uh, but it was just like Beverly just kind of yelling at him for no reason, getting under his skin. You're going to see a lot of that this year with Lonzo Ball. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, and how then- about his backup, Tyler Ennis, though? Yeah, I mean, Ennis, some, some run. He was plus four in this game. I know, like, take plus minus for what it's worth. But. That's like war in baseball. It, it can be n- manipulated. It but, can. yeah, I, I think that, you know, he's carved out a nice little niche for himself. And, you know, he played so well at the end of last season, and they decided to keep him. And 10 minutes last night for uh, for Tyler Ennis had two points, three assists, uh, a couple of rebounds. Uh, Lakers go down uh, by 16 points. You mentioned the NFL game. Let's touch on it here quickly, and we can get back to it later in the show if we want. But uh, essentially four last plays of the game. There was a, yeah, a touchdown called back because of offensive pass interference. Then back-to-back holds in the end zone by the Chiefs. And then uh, the Raiders finally win it on another untimed down. There was a fe- essentially, again, four last plays to this game. The Raiders win at 31-30. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, the game that never ends. It really was. You were just like, oh, that's the last play. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, and I think that one of my favorite parts was Tony Romo talking about this whole thing. Because I, I don't know if you had the sound on. I would imagine that's difficult with, with four TVs going. He was so excited that the game wouldn't end. Like He was just so excited. Bonus he, was like, football. he was like, we're just going to keep going. And, and he just like was yelling, and he was so excited about it. Uh, but, I, I mean, for the Raiders, like that's like a, a season saver, isn't it? I mean, you snap a four-game losing streak, and you, you finally get a win, and Derek Carr doesn't have a broken back anymore, and he can you know play for you and lead an 85-yard touchdown drive and, and win a game. Uh, but yeah, that was just kind of a, a mess at the end of that game. Kansas City Chiefs still the best team in football? I, d- I don't know. I, probably, right? I, I mean, they probably are, aren't they? Um, I, I see. This goes back to the conversation we had on Tuesday. I don't know who's good and who's not. Like, I re- I have no idea. Like, who's a good team? I think the Chiefs are good. Um. Not sure the best team in the NFL. I'm not sure who is the best right. team in the NFL, frankly. Right. I have no idea who the best team is in in, in football because like I'm not sure who's good. It was uh, last night was the the first night in the 2017 calendar year that we had NFL, NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball all on the same night. So much to get to from last night. It's Did you our... see? It was only the 17th time in like history, like in sports history, that all four leagues had games is on the that same right? night. Yeah. 
Something to be said for that. Yeah, it's an exciting time of year, and so it's our next day delivery. It's brought to you by Hummel's Office Plus, with no minimum orders, personalized customer service, and free next day delivery. All of that is on the table. We're going to spend a good portion of today talking Syracuse, Miami. Got to take our first time out. We roll on after this. You're listening to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. Steven Seth back with you on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. By the way, I I did uh, just tweet out that. article on the Players Tribune that was written by Zaire Franklin. If you're an SU football Very fan, good. it's a must-read. Uh, I'm at Twitter, at uh, Stephen Fonte, NC9. You can find it at the Players Tribune as well, but uh, take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, and uh, and read through it. Uh, very well written uh, by Zaire Franklin. Easy to see why he's a, a three-time captain. Uh, time for today's business brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amore CPAs, and for that, uh, we bring in our hardworking producer Max. How are you, Max? Very hardworking. Dedicated. Today. Hard-working now that I'm today. Hardworking today. Dedicated producer all week long. I had never miss a day, right? Were you working while you were at the Yankee game, thinking of ways to Somewhat. improve Orange Nation? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Always on the clock. Go with that. Always on the clock. What do you got for us? Uh, so did you, your best friend Lavar Ball is in the headlines again today. Did you see what he said last night? No. Nope. Uh, that he said he, he it was a good debut for his son? Is that what you're referring well, to? And then he said, who is Patrick Beverly? Yeah. Well, Patrick Beverly is the guy who just shut down your son uh, in his regular season who's, opener. Who's arguably the best defensive guard in the NBA. But right. Sure. So that brings me to a new uh, little thing I'm going to try to add in every every once in a while. I'll fill in the blank. I know, Steve, you, you probably have a couple comments on this. So LeVar Ball should what? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I was going to say shut up. Go away! <laughs> you don't. You have. You have no nothing else to say other than shut up. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I have many things to say about Lavar Ball. I, yes, I wish he would go away. Shut up. All of the above. It, you know, we touched on this um, towards the beginning of the show, uh, and you know, I said to Seth, I mean, this is this is exactly what I think we all expected would happen. That now Lonzo has a target on his back because of his dad. Patrick Beverly, while yes, he's a, a fantastic defensive guard in this league, you can't tell me he wasn't extra amped up oh, of course he was. To, yes. to take on Lonzo last night. And that you know, that first foul again where he just I'm sure you saw the highlights yeah, match yeah, where he just yeah. ran through Lonzo. It was I mean, yeah, he kinda wanted to steal the message, ball. But yeah. more so he just wanted to knock him over. And he was in his face all night long, and you know, Lonzo did not play well. Had you know, finished with what four assists yeah. and three points, and one for six from the field, and uh, he he did. He got in his head, and that's what he does. That's what Patrick Beverly does, and is supposed to do, though. Like I guess my point he's is supposed though, to be the pest. That I don't know as if this is just going to be a Patrick Beverly thing. No. I think this is going to be a night in, night out. The Lakers are coming to town, or I'm you know going to play in L.A. in front of Magic Johnson. And uh, and I, I'm going to get after Lonzo Ball, and I, I think it's going to be a year long thing. And well, did this, you see again? This is not the kids doing. This is the dads doing. Well, the second part of that was saying that this is only a story because Lonzo is attached to it. So that's kind of just like harping off what you just said. Well, it's it is. He it said, is. It's only a story because it's Lonzo Ball. Patrick Beverly could have gone out and shut down any other guard in the league last night, and nobody would have cared. Especially rookie, right? If if that's your first game and you're a rookie, if anybody else puts up that line, well, he had nine rebounds, he had four assists, he was one for six for the field. Well, he's a rookie. You know, better days ahead. But but because it was Lonzo and everything his dad said, yes, it's a a much bigger story. If Markel Fultz or Dennis Smith put that line out, you're like, ah, whatever. But it's Lonzo Ball. It's because of LeVar. Like, the story is not it's a story because it's Lonzo. It's a story because of him. Like it's a story because yeah. of Lavar and and the fact that he's like oh it's only a story because of Lonzo like he I know what he's doing and like he's he I don't want to say he's a moron because he's not and he's played this brilliantly but he's a moron. All right, yeah, 
I mean, that's pretty you, fair to say, and that's putting it mildly. I'm just, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> okay. I was gonna, I was gonna add on to that, but I'll just, I'll just stop talking. One more note from the NBA. <laughs> have you guys seen the NBA impersonators that have been going around the league lately? There was one from Clay Thompson, from yes. the Warriors, and then another. There's like a the Clay um, Thompson guy got all the way through player parking wearing a Clay Thompson. Warriors jersey, top and bottom. I he saw got this. all the way into the stadium through player parking. Did he really? Yes, and even personnel that were working oh, man. thought it was Clay Thompson. And now there's a James Harden one. So I Clay was Thompson thinking, was just like some middle-aged, not-in-shape guy, Yeah, which was funny. And I was thinking, I got to be Tyler Lydon. Yeah, let's send you out to let's Denver. Let's send me to Denver. You absolutely need to be Tyler Lydon. Um, <laughs> He's got about eight inches on you, but let's send you out to Denver. If you, Give it a shot. Yeah, the height thing is a little bit of an issue, but your facial features are spot on, and I, you could pass as a family member. Like, you absolutely could. So you might not be able to pass as Tyler Lydon uh, when you stand up and get out of the car. You could pass as a, sit- a seated Tyler Lydon. I'm, I'm the I'm the member of the Lydon family that went to SUNY Cortland. I'm here to see my brother. You you could pass as <laughs> as a member of the Lydon family. You absolutely could. Can we just? I, w- I would love to test that hypothesis and that theory out. That I could. I w- I wouldn't try to try, go as far. I, I tell you what. I would. I tell you what. Try it locally. Like if you're out and about. What? And and you know you can say I'm related. Just give to me like an SU warm up like tracksuit and or see whatever. how like, many people buy it because I, like you could have fooled me like the first day I met you like if you told me you were a member of the Lydon family I would have he could have passed I would have bought it sure I would have and if you could do it here I mean everybody knows Tyler Lydon here if you can do it here you could definitely, you could definitely pull it off do in Denver it, yeah you could definitely do Nobody it knows in, in an NBA yet. city yeah, yeah who he is right okay you can pull so it. you can pull it off. Yeah, so that's definitely got to be a thing. We'll have to talk to Paulie Ned about sending me to Denver. But um, <laughs> anyway, do NFL. they sell Tyler Lydon jerseys anywhere yet that we can get you one? I don't know. They must, but I don't know. I mean, there's got to be one somewhere. If not, you can make one yourself. Um, anyway, NFL news: Todd Gurley sounds off on the international games. Arizona is playing the Rams in London on Sunday. Uh, it's at a regularly scheduled one o'clock time here, though. Kind of weird. He says that they need to stop. They're absolutely terrible. Players hate doing them. He says even the media hates doing them because he asked the reporter, wouldn't you rather be in bed right now anyway? How do we feel about the international games in Mexico City and London? I mean, I don't love them, but it's kind of the deal, right? It's it's what you do well, in sports. This season features already... more teams than ever. Oh, well, yeah, because they've, there. because they've expanded and there are now three games in London and there's one, and I think it's this weekend, that isn't at the same place that they've normally yeah, been this, doing them. This is at a new stadium. It's in Twickenham uh, yes, Stadium yes. instead of Wembley and, Stadium. And so, you know, I, I think that they're just, you know, look, when you saturate the, Ameri- the, the United States, you look to go somewhere else. And it was Toronto, it was Mexico City, it's London. Uh, it's natural, right? It's natural. You have to go find another place to 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 spread your product and share your product. I don't like them uh, as a fan watching the NFL. I, the players really don't like. I mean, that cannot be fun at all no. to to have to get on a plane and travel all the way over there and play in front the, of a sterile environment. The and- Rams stayed in Jacksonville for the majority of this week because they were like, we were already here. We're not going to L.A. Right. to fly all the way out to London. And again, you know, how much excitement is there in London? Are there, you know, are there Rams fans in London? I just, it's a, it's a sterile environment. It's not a knowledgeable fan that you're playing in front of necessarily. Um, I, I can't imagine it's a whole lot of fun to, to, you know, waste your off day traveling back uh, from, from there. So, 
Um, I, I could do without them, but at the same time, like I get it. You want to globalize the game. You want to expand your, you know, your fan support. You've um, taken, and, and that's one way to do it. You've also now taken LA off the table as a. If you don't pay us, this is where we're going to go, city. And yeah. like, how viable is St. Louis, and how viable are Oakland? Because they already said no to giving public money to these teams. So you need somewhere, right? And so now that somewhere becomes London, it becomes Mexico City. Uh, it, if Toronto wants to get back involved in this, it becomes Toronto again. Of like, oh, Jacksonville, we want a new stadium, and you're not going to pay for it. Guess what? Like, we could leave. We can just go to London. We can just chill in just, Mexico City. It is just so not realistic. <laughs> no, it's not at all. Yeah, no, because then you have to have teams fly out there weekly basis just to play them. Like, for, but for, forget about like, like, and and that's the obvious like oh you you would have to travel back and forth and that's pain in the you know that's a pain like how about the fact that like they they have totally different currencies and like one currency is way stronger than the other and so if you pay somebody in american dollars in london they're not going to be making as much money effectively as they would here right like if you pay somebody a 100 million dollars here it goes farther than 100 million american dollars in london so like even from like yeah sure there's logistics with travel but like why would anybody go sign there like why would anybody want to play there I would uh, yeah I, I, I don't think it's I don't think, I don't think it's realistic but it's not in any event what else you got Max um, okay so in light of Game Six being tonight between the Yankees and the Astros I give you a more likely what is more likely to happen better chance of LeBron's hairline coming back completely or the Yankees making the comeback completely LeBron's co- uh, hair. Coming back over the Yankees? Yeah, they've got to win one out of two. So it's more likely for the Yankees to come back then than the- Oh, yeah, I thought you were... Sorry, yeah. <laughs> more I think he for misheard the, Yanke- the question. I did mishear he the was, question. He was thinking about his trip to Vegas that he's going to be winning. Uh, the bigger question is... Uh, what are your predictions for Game 6 hang on, in light of that? The no. bigger question is, if the Yankees advance... Uh, are we going to lose you for a game or two? Uh, I can't afford the World, World Series. Series okay, fair enough. <laughs> More likely, Max goes to the World Series, or Steve or I go to the World Series. I gotta work. I'm not going. You to can World work, Series. At, the World Series. work at the World Series. I suppose Series. I could. You if can I pull this could off. Talk my bosses into that, but uh, I am not going to the World <laughs> Series because I very much need to work. Okay, so game six predictions then. While we're talking about it, I think they win tonight. You think I they think win? The tonight? Yankees win tonight. Score? I think they finish it off. I don't have a score. I'm going to go 3-2. to two. Yankees. Okay. I think they'll win tonight. I picked uh, the Indians in Game 5, so uh, because Corey Kluber was on the mound, the Yankees won. Since I'm a Yankee fan, I'll do the same thing. I'll pick. Uh, I'll go reverse psychology. I'll pick the Astros with Verlander and hope to be wrong. Okay. All right. I mean, it's really a toss-up. I think the Yankees' offense right now is just... Yeah, they they feel like they're supposed to win, which is which is a cool thing. You don't always have that at this stage of the season, but you get the sense the Yankees feel like they are going to win for yeah. what that for whatever that's worth. Yeah, every yeah. game. All right, so let's do one more. Would you or more likely Stephen A. Smith going one show without referring to somebody as his very good friend, or Syracuse pulling off the upset in Miami tomorrow? Syracuse pulling off the upset. <laughs> really, <laughs> Stephen A. can't help himself. <laughs> What do, you, what do you got, Steve? Um, Syracuse <laughs> is not winning tomorrow. No, but Stephen A., everybody's his great friend. Right, so isn't that more likely? <laughs> Are you listening to the questions? Like, I, I, I'm confused. I just, 
You said going one show without it. Going one show without it. Yeah, I said without there's no still, way okay. that he goes one <laughs> show without it. So That's the it's second. more likely that Syracuse would pull the upset. <laughs> I see. I got that one right. Okay, you did. I, I stand corrected. I take it back. The way the way that Max responded to you, I thought that you misheard <laughs> it, but okay. More likely, finding a Stephen Fonte basketball highlight tape or Brett Hundley winning on Sunday for the uh, Packers. Hold on. <sighs> I have a Stephen Fonte basketball highlight somewhere no, no because way. I was one night watching Channel Nine, and up popped the commercial, uh, the the promo that they have that said we're local, and it was Stephen Fonte winning Athlete of the Week. And the first thing I did was pull out my phone, videotape it, and send it to Sal. <laughs> So there you go. You so, have the answer in real time. So I didn't I had, think that existed, to be completely honest with you. So that's your answer. In real time, you've got your answer, Max. So that was so Channel 9 did that for you before when uh, you were, He was the athlete yeah, of the week? Yeah, I was the athlete and of the week. Does it feel weird now when I was in high school? What's you were a former athlete of the week and you now give it out every week? Is it weird? No. it's uh, Honestly, it's probably one of the reasons that I got the job back in 1999. <laughs> That I was I was a you former winner yeah. and I was going to be able to to give out the award and I was, you know, twenty two at the time. I looked like I was about sixteen. I probably had no business being on the air. Um, but uh, they're they like, this a kid's a star. This kid's a star. They took a chance on me and uh, and the rest is history. So I'm glad I'm glad they did. I'm glad I won that award because I think it helped me get the job. I just remember seeing the commercial. And I was like, oh my god, it's high school Steve. <laughs> Looks the exact same as he does now. I will take that as a compliment. Literally. And with that, let's move on. That was today's business. Brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. Located in downtown Syracuse, Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpa.com. It is time now to give away uh, a set of tickets for the advanced screening of the 30 for 30 Nature Boy, the Ric Flair story at the Red House Arts Center on Thursday, November 2nd. You'll get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at the legendary wrestler before it airs on TV. Winners will see the movie, have a chance to win the complete 30 for 30 library, and enjoy a free meal. And afterwards, you can stick around for a Q&A with Brent Axe. It's brought to you by United Auto Supply, and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Let's give away uh, a couple of pairs of tickets uh, to this advanced screening. So fifth and sixth caller, uh, both of you will be winners at 315-437-7644. Back after this on Orange Nation.